Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired, though. Tonight. Are you? Why are you tired? It's not like you have anything I, going on in your life. No, not a damn thing. I think it's just like the mad dash to the holiday, right? Like with work and everything. I feel like everyone's feeling that right now. It's trying to trying to get these last few days in before the end of the year and everything closes down and it's a lot. I know. I've had very stressful Christmas shopping on Amazon, sitting on my couch, clicking buttons. It's been so yep. tough this year. Yep. Yep. I imagine. <laughs> I've literally not set foot in a store. I've bought everything online, literally everything. It's been great. That's nice. I'm I'm halfway there, but you just can't deny the feel good vibes you get walking through a home goods. You just mm. can't deny it. Well, there is that. You have (laughs) is the Hanukkah armadillo bringing you all the gifts or what are you guys doing? Eight crazy nights of gifts. Um, No, this year, I mean, moving forward, we'll do both, right? Like I'm particularly stoked to be able to do that for my kid because I only had Hanukkah growing up and it never felt weird or isolating because I lived in a predominantly Jewish city. So like we all only did Hanukkah and we were all like, lol, Santa. Um, But then when I, when I grew up and I got with Matt a decade ago and I started celebrating Christmas, I was like, this is the best thing ever. And my (laughs) house looks like the inside of Hobby Lobby and it's so much fun. So I'm super excited to be able to do both for him um, when he can notice. This year, we kind of just we, you know, lit the menorah and called it a day and I'll, I'll have some Christmas presents under the tree for him, but he's not going to notice that either. <laughs> so, uh. well, I'll, I'll send you pictures from my mom's house next week. She, uh, she's the queen of Christmas. And now we have a one-year-old, uh, toddling around there because my nephew, you know, had a baby a year ago. And, uh, so she's back to like the full decorating because his baby's yes. around yes. and, uh, yeah, it'll be, it's like a winter wonderland, man. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Seven trees, just oh. ornaments and the big tree the, you know, one's the big tree. Yep. That she's going to watch this and like, just, she's going to roll her eyes at me, but this thing's huge. You know, it's this monster tree and she's made all the ornaments. That's the crazy thing. They're like photo wow. ornaments, you know, and of course she and, does and oh. cross stitch. And there's an ornament of bean on there. It's amazing. Totally amazing. It's my yeah. life goal, my life goal. And this is real. We talk about this every year and not just the holidays. My life goal is to have the kind of house that's like nice enough and big enough for multiple Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. That's when I know like I made it and I have like the big one and then the kids one and then like the posh one or whatever, you know. You should have just changed your Zoom background and people would have thought you already did. <laughs> I know, we do that. <laughs> would have been perfect. Well, uh, uh, probably enough holiday talk. Let's get to our guests. We have a great, great guest tonight. I think people really intrigued to hear this uh, a good friend of both of ours uh nick shaw from rp nick what's going on thank you so much for having me on i love the holiday talk uh i was gonna say i believe my sister has the all-time world record for most christmas trees in her house no it's it's pretty ridiculous it's probably at least 10 oh. and I'm not, I'm not talking big ones i'm talking like an assortment of like you know one main one then there's like these ones that are two three feet tall sometimes one day and pretty much everywhere so I think she probably has some sort of record. I mean, it has to be, right? Whoa, that's yeah. epic. That's my life goal. Yeah, they don't all have to be big. But like, I want the kind of house someday that has like at least two real ones. Like two that are like real and big enough to decorate and have a theme or whatever. You know? Oh, I have a small tree because it's the only one the cat won't tip over. He won't try yeah. to climb it. 
know, it's too, it's like too small for him to go up. I mean, it's, you know, it's six feet tall, but it's just short enough that he won't try to do it. And I keep him scared off. So it all works out. Well, Nick, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, We've been talking up RP over the last few episodes. Um, I've been using, as you know, the breastfeeding templates and I've had a one-on-one coach and that's been awesome. Uh, John has paid attention to his macros at many different points in time in his nutrition uh, journey too. But I'm particularly excited to have you on around this time of year because a lot of uh, turmoil in our community (laughs) when it comes to figuring out nutrition in the holiday season. And then also that kind of like piggybacks its way right into figuring out nutrition right at the beginning of the year. And so since this is sort of a a tried and true method that John and I have both used so many times in the past, we wanted to have you on as an expert to kind of just, I don't know, talk about navigating this weird time of the year and and how should people do it? And what are some of the, the common pitfalls and all that, all that good stuff? Yeah, well, first, thank, <clears throat> thanks so much for both using RP. That's awesome. Really do appreciate that. Uh, second, what are the pitfalls? What aren't the pitfalls right now in the holidays? So if you had to pick kind of like a worst time of the year to really like try to be specific with your nutrition, it would probably be from Thanksgiving to about New Year's Day. Thanksgiving. You have Christmas, you have holiday parties, you have other events, you have other holidays, you have New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, you name it, right? And you always have your family coming over or friends coming over. They're always bringing delicious treats. It's really hard. So one of the things that we kind of like to tell people, and if you you think slightly more long-term, you go, all right, well, I know a couple things. One, let's say I want to start a diet in January, which, you know, that's kind of one of those things that some people are like, hey, you know what? It's just another day. But for a lot of people, it's kind of like this, you're turning the page, right, to a new year. So a lot of people, it just makes sense to start then and you're after the holidays. So it all kind of lines up. But if you if you know that you want to start in January, well, what you can do is you can kind of use December as like a practice round where like maybe you just try to get some good habits in place, but you just tell yourself, Hey, I don't need to be a hundred percent because it's just not the right time for that. So I'm not going to worry about being so perfect and everything has to be perfectly aligned. Like the stars have to be aligned, all that. You can just go, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to get in some good habits. I'm going to focus on maybe something like eating some lean protein at every meal, uh, you know, making sure that I keep up my training so, you know, three, four times a week versus just totally falling off the wagon. And if you do those things, you kind of help set like a good foundation. So then January comes around, you hit the ground running versus sometimes people just want to throw everything, you know, throw caution to the wind. They don't do anything for the whole month. And then come January, it's like, you know, you're starting, you're just starting kind of behind the, behind the curve. And that usually makes it a lot harder. So we just kind of tell people, treat it like a maintenance period. That's what we like to say. Maintenance, you're just kind of maintaining your body weight. You don't really care if it goes up or down. You're just trying to stay steady, keep training, eat moderately well. And then when January comes, you'll be in a great spot. Well, yeah, but it's easier said than done. My teenage mm-hmm. daughters keep bringing bags of candy home. Ah. Yes. That, that's the challenge for people. I'm being real here. Like, that's the challenge. Yeah. Like, because, you know, to your point, like, I, I don't ever have struggle with, like, the Christmas parties and, and, you know, the big, you know, Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner and all that. Cause I just, I just don't love parties, 
but it is always like the constant <laughs> stream of crap that's just around this time mm. of year. And it's every, and if you work in like a retail business, like I do, and you're, you know, around other teams and groups of people, they're always bringing it in. Always. I mean, to be honest, the only thing that's like made it a little better this year than previous years. And I hate to say it is COVID because mm. people can only bring in things that are pre-wrapped now. So they're not bringing in boxes of donuts and whole cakes, but they are bringing in like pre-wrapped candies and sorry, but chocolate is delicious. Mm. It's delicious. You know, for me, the hard part about this time of year is the drinks. What? Yeah. I mean, there's like, I mean, drinking all year round is, you know, you got to decide where that falls on the diet parameter for you. But the holiday drinks, like the spiked eggnog, like you're just talking about that ass in a glass right there. And I can't let it go. It's the only time of year. So it, it is really something, and especially the, the people that like to bring in all that stuff. Uh, my wife, back in the day when I first met her, she would probably make about 10 different types of cookies and take them into her office. And she, this was in New York City. And this is, you know, let's call it a decade ago. I mean, she would spend like an entire weekend making cookies and then she would take it. I mean, she was beloved, right? Through the office. Because everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. But I just, I looked at her and I was like, this is crazy. This is absurd. You're literally spending an entire weekend making all these different cookies. But just think about that from the other people's perspectives. Like they just know and kind of expect it that it's going to be there. And if you're not the, you know, you don't even care about your nutrition at all. Imagine how easy it would be to eat three, four, five, maybe even more cookies throughout the day. You walk into the office and there that stuff is sitting. Because let's be honest, the environment plays a big role. So if it's just sitting out, I mean, unless you're a robot, you're going to have a cookie. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some candy. Yeah, it's like John said, that stuff's delicious. It's really hard to say no. So it is really tough. And that's why we don't really make a big push for people to diet like hardcore during the holidays because the environment's just really not conducive to it. So it's like, well, why, why would you want to put yourself in? Um, we want to make dieting as quote unquote easy as possible. Let's be real. Dieting's hard. We only make it harder if we try to start during an environment where it's just, you know, candy, cookies, sweets, desserts galore. Why not try to start and set things up in a time where it's going to be a little bit easier? And easier means people aren't maybe bringing in candy and cookies every single day. I mean, it's like once a week or something like that. Yeah. That's what I've always really loved about um, the RP program specifically is like you guys are very just pragmatic about life and dieting and setting goals and figuring out how to accomplish them. And there are plenty of success stories and people who, um, you know, really follow things to a team. They're quite dedicated. They fall into a really good rhythm and a routine. And, and I love seeing that it's like always very inspirational to me. But then I also look at, you know, all of the literature and all of the times that you guys are posting in like the Facebook group. And you're like, you know, do the best you can. If the best you can is, following your diet templates five, six days a week, and then you just got to do you, then just do you. It's going to be better than nothing. You know, if it's, if you're hitting all your numbers, but you're not hitting the times right, then like life gets in the way of the timing, like figure out how to do it best for you. And, you know, don't, don't go balls to the wall on December 1st. Cause it just doesn't make sense. Like it's just so pragmatic, especially looking long-term. Like I love the fact that there's always so much information out there about the time it takes to get to these goals. Like anytime you post an awesome success story, especially on the 
you have like the RP transformations, Instagram page, which I love. (laughs) It's always like this person put in hard work and effort for a year and look at their before and after, or this person put like hard work and effort for like nine months. And look at this. It's never like lose 20 pounds in two weeks, which is, I feel like sometimes what we get caught up with, especially toward the beginning of the year. When everyone's like, new year, new you, what's your resolution? You know, cut everything out of your diet on January 1st. Like we get caught up in the short term versus the long game. Oh yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think really, uh, hopefully a good thing that we've sort of brought to light is, and especially in the CrossFit community, you know, because you don't just hit PRs magically overnight. You don't just hit these amazing times in your workouts you have to put in the work. So we're, we're not, like, we're never going to say, oh, you know, hey, this is going to be really easy. You can kind of just do whatever you want and you'll just get really good results. It's like, no, we, we will get your results. Absolutely. RP is all about results, period. But you have to bring the work ethic. We have a great plan. You just have to follow it. And at the same point, I just want to clarify one thing. So like with what you said, you know, you don't want to start going boss fall December 1st because... If you do that, there's like this, there's this trade-off to be had. And if you try to get really good results and be balanced, you can't really do both at the same time. Now you could just say, Hey, you know what? I'm totally fine. Just maintaining. Like I'm not trying to you know, go on a hardcore fat loss diet right now. Hey, awesome. We're not here to judge. We don't care. Set yourself up. Think a little bit longer term. Use this period to just kind of hang out. But when you do make that decision, and for a lot of people, January is just a good time to do it, right? The calendar flips over. It's just like, oh, hey, like I said, new year, new me. Then, then you're kind of ready because psychologically, you've just had a lot of treats the last month. So you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't need, you know, six cookies. You know, it kind of gets out of your system and that's totally fine. And then you're ready to go. But what we don't really want is people that are trying to do both at the same time. Because yeah. that is just really hard to do. I agree. With the exception of, the current, my current season of life, if you will, where it's fucking impossible (laughs) to do anything right with a newborn, like, or commit to anything with a newborn, which is why the one-to-one coaching has been really great for me. Because even if I, you know, like I, let's be honest, I miss my macros and my timing constantly. I'm trying, I'm trying to set up good habits. Like you said, even though I'm not like hitting them perfectly. And even I, I oftentimes miss my check-ins with my coach, but that's why it's awesome because she'll reach out. And when I see the email from her, I'm like, oh yeah, I had a question about this or like, oh shit, you know, I, I want to tell her that I missed this or, or I overdid that or whatever. And her response to me is always with this season of life that I'm in and following the breastfeeding template specifically, it's so much more about consistent effort versus perfection. Um, and that is probably the one exception to the rule of like, dedicate your shit to RP and you'll see results. It's like, well, doing the best I can right now. Uh, and it's working, it's working to undo some really bad habits. I picked up when I was pregnant and kind of just enjoying eating whatever I wanted. And I think that that's what people go through in in the holiday period too. They just kind of like commit to having an awesome holiday and eating six cookies at a time. And if you're me drinking the entire thing of eggnog vodka, uh, and come January, (laughs) I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm done. I need, I need to reset. So over uh, Thanksgiving, my mom, she, my parents live up in the state of Michigan. They drove down to North Carolina, which is where we live. And uh, my mom made these pumpkin cookies. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure on Thanksgiving Day, I had about 10 of them. I mean, they're just so good. They're like pumpkin. They're so, you know, I know everyone hates this word, but they were so moist. It's just uh, like, it's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst <laughs> word in the world, but it's true. I can't literally think of a better word for that, but they were just so good. I was like, how do you stop eating these? Do they just like run out? Because that's literally the only possible way they have to run out because if they're anywhere in the house, like, I'm sorry, I just can't not eat them. So it's just really tough. And especially with, during these times, because the goal is to make, make, make stuff taste good, right? Like your family, your friends, they're trying to make stuff that tastes good. So you eat a lot of it, especially if you go out to eat. Like they're literally, they literally make money based on how good the food is. So like they have to make it taste good. So you just have to take all these things into consideration. I, I think the thing people have trouble with, Nick, I'd be curious in your perspective is like what you described. You go eat the 10 cookies and they're so moist. And yeah. uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Nikki. No, but they're great, right? But most people, I think the next day rolls around. And they feel so crappy about eating the 10 cookies. They're like, screw it. I'll just go eat 10 more. Instead of getting back on track Mm -hmm. and putting Mm -hmm. it behind them, they're like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm ruined. I've got to do it again. And and now you're in a cycle. Like, how do you help people get out of that cycle? It's a tough one. So momentum is a very real thing. So usually when you, that's why kind of taking that period, that ramp up period where you just kind of get into a little bit better habits, it's kind of good because it just sets in motion this it's positive momentum. And let's be honest, even if it's something small, it just kind of makes you feel good. You're like, hey, I'm doing something good. Like, yeah, hell yeah, me. And then when it's finally time to really get going, you're like, hey, this isn't so bad. So there's a lot to that. There's actually a psychological term for what you said, John. And I believe, I believe this is the technical term. Yeah, I can do Maybe I'm a little bit off, but it's called what the hell effect. So you have to be able to uh, I'll use a football analogy here. If you're a defensive back and they torture for a touchdown over your head, what do the coaches tell you? They say, hey, forget about it. Move on to the next play. Because if you sit there and dwell on that previous play, the next time you're out there, well, you're probably not going to do as good, right? So the same principle has to apply. You go off track, you eat 10 cookies because you're, you know, maybe, you know, your mom's like, hey, why didn't you try those cookies? And you're like, okay, mom, then you eat one. They're so good. You have, you know, many, many, whatever. The next day, it's like, hey, you know what? That happened. No big deal. Boom, just back on track. That's, Nikki, you said it earlier, perfect, just consistent effort. Because when one bad day becomes the whole weekend, becomes a whole week, becomes a whole month, That's really what you're trying to avoid. So if you can just have that mindset of, hey, you know what? Life happened. No big deal. Boom. Back on on track tomorrow. Or it doesn't even have to be tomorrow. Maybe it's just the next meal. And if you can, and I know it's a really hard thing to do, but if you can do that, those people that just get right back on track, it doesn't matter. Like Those are the people that are going to have better results because they're more consistent. You know what does it for me? And John, you're a data nerd the way that I am, that this might be interesting to you too, but the app will track like a graph for you of your like weigh-ins and your efforts and things, the RP app. So, you know, most people's graph, it doesn't just like drop, and I'm talking specifically about weight loss, but if you're in the weight gain, it would go the opposite way. But for weight loss, which is why I've done it, um, the graph never like drops right down. It's always like tiny little peaks and valleys, but the whole thing trends down. And so that's kind of like, once I've been doing it for long enough to get a couple data points on there, that's motivating for me because I can see it physically, like Mm -hmm. as a chart. 
And that's like one of the things that helps me mentally kind of like with the momentum and with getting back if I fuck something up, which I inevitably do. I love the data, love Mm -hmm. data. I I think some people are scared of it though. So there's, you know, the the Mm. good and the bad with it. Like, you know, I kind of, you know, back to the story of you eat the 10 cookies and the next day you eat 10 more. It's like people will often, um, you know, you're doing well at tracking and then you have a bad day and you don't track anything because it was mm. a bad day. You don't want to put all that. In. You don't put the 10 cookies in the app, right? Because it shows you just had 3000 calories and you feel horrible, even worse than you did before. But then when you don't put it in, you feel bad about tracking again because you know your data is not correct. And so oh, there's but, kind yeah. of the, you know, the flip side to it. I love the data to your point, though, of being able to look back to see what I've done over a very long period of time. You know, because then then those mistakes are kind of virtually erased, even though your data isn't perfect. You follow what I'm saying? Like, even though it yeah, isn't perfect. It trends. Yeah, you can see a much longer view of what you're doing. I think often, you know, like I make the joke all the time, you know, oh, I did 50 GHCs today. Let me go check abs. You know, it's like you do one thing and you think you should have abs. But when you look at things over a really long view, you know, it's a much different uh, experience than, you know, a single point in time for people. And that's the power of the data, you know, for anything, by the way, not just, you know, not just an app like this. I do always have that feeling though, when I'm like paying attention to my nutrition, I'm like, I ate one salad. Why aren't I down 10 pounds? Come on. I know. Well, (laughs) there, that's a real thing though. I think, I don't know, Nick, you tell me, I mean, you know, you're the expert here. I'm not, but you know, I, I think, Particularly foods that are, you know, I hate to call foods bad for you, but, you know, we all know there are foods that are not spectacular for your body. And a lot of processed foods will cause you to bloat and store water weight and whatever. And so you can you can go eat a, you know, you go eat pizza and the next day you've, quote unquote, gained three to five pounds, which you haven't really gained it. But the scale shows that you have, you know, but you don't get the same experience by eating a salad. You know, and that's that's a horrible trade off. I'd like to go eat a salad and just lose, lose five pounds by tomorrow. It'd be great. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, there's also the, the whole thing where like you're putting in that work. And so sometimes, especially important, uh, probably more so for females, when you're putting in that work, but then the body does something a little weird, you're, you're yeah. storing some water weight, and you're, you're working hard. Like You know in your mind, you're like, I followed everything this week. Like I am doing great. I went to the gym three or four times. I did a little bit of cardio. Like I even did a little extra. And then for some reason, and there's a whole number of reasons that scale goes up a little bit. And you want to talk about a psychological, you know, just mind blank, right? Gee whiz. That's got to be really hard. So you just kind of have to, and again, this is easier said than done. You have to take a little bit of that just logical approach and just look at the weekly trends, which is why the app is nice. It gives you that line. So you can kind of see where, okay, I'm trending down, 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 down. Oh, I have this weird spike. Huh. No big deal because it's just going to take the overall trends. And John, even one, one thing you said, uh, you know, what do you do? Do you track those 10 cookies? So uh, this is a little shout out to the RP app. You just click over macros and it's like, it's kind of like, oh, done. You're done. Like you move on to the next meal and that's it. So from that perspective, I think it can help people because it's not like, oh, well, I ate over XYZ amount. Now we need to somehow compensate. There's pros and cons to that approach. And I mean, if you guys want to, we can kind of talk about that. But for some people, it's just like, nope, done, on to the next one. And that has a lot of benefit to a lot of people. Like, what do you guys think about that? 
I like that a lot. I, it yeah. makes me feel less self-conscious about my errors because I will make them. I will make them. I am human. And it makes me, it makes me feel like I'm harping on them less. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a good option to have for sure. I mean, there, you know, cause there, I think there are some people that want to track even the mistakes Like they want mm -hmm. every ounce of data you can put in there. And then the other people like me is like, yeah, I don't want to think about those cookies again. <laughs> just going <laughs> to click the button and move on. I'd rather just live in denial. That's kind of my space. Yeah, so sometimes the, the people that, uh, you know, may have been doing it for longer and uh, really are kind of data junkies, uh, sometimes that's kind of why they want to be able to compensate because they sort of know because they've been doing mm -hmm. it for longer. They're a little bit more, I don't know, maybe intuitive about it. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I went, I know I went over 50 carbs here. So, you know, I'm just going to back it out of this meal. You know, that's a fine approach for some folks. It's just kind of a... Uh, it's an interesting line to try to walk because sometimes people can then get in sort of weird cycles where then they start doing it all the time. And I don't know. I just kind of like the approach where it's like, Hey, you know what? You went over. Boom. No worries. It's like that. That's it's literally history. Right. So you shouldn't put any more effort into it because it's, it's done. Right. You can't do anything about it. Like, just look forward or what's now what's in front of me, what's going on. And you just focus there. Nick, how long has RP been around now? Oh, about a decade. Yeah, wow. like 20, 2011, uh, myself and uh, Dr. Mike, uh, we, we, we just started and we were, I think before Instagram was even a thing, like that's kind of how far back it was. We were just online coaches and we just really liked it. And then, you know, we were like, hey, we should probably try to turn what we're doing into like an ebook. And that was way back in 2014. And that took off and you know, the templates came out uh, first in uh, February of 2015. So coming up on almost seven years. Wow. Yeah. My first go with RP was templates only. It was pre-app uh, before, before anything totally. was digitized. You, um, you were OG. Awesome. Right. Thank you so that's much. Right. Yes. We appreciate that. Um, so in your time running this program, I mean, I have seen like I said, that RP transformations page is always like, I like scour it. I'm like, this is so cool. Got all these people changing their lives and not only changing their lives for the better, but getting like epic results. But in your, in your time running the organization, have there been any standout like stories or people you've encountered or anything that kind of is top of mind in terms of, I don't know, just having a lot of meaning behind what you're doing? Yeah, uh, some of the people that, uh, you know, have lost several hundred pounds over the course of multiple years are, are really just some of the most impressive ones. Uh, top of mind, uh, there's a there's a guy named Trevor, Trevor Fulbright from Oklahoma. He, he actually was on, on our podcast one time and he shared his story because he went from, you know, 350, let's call it, to like now he's maybe 180 pounds, but he's like jacked now and, and he's like so he went through everything he kind of you know experimented with different ways to try to lose weight that got him down a little bit and then he kind of stumbled upon rp and then like that's what kind of got him all the way down below 200 and then he just kind of picked up like the lifestyle so he's been doing it for five six seven years something like that and he's uh he's gone down and, and trained with some of like our more advanced uh lifters and it's just something like that i think is probably the coolest that stands out to me because it wasn't just like, Hey, you know, they got great results in three to six months. It's like, no, no, no. It lives and breathes this and has been doing it for five, six, seven years. Like to me, that's probably the coolest part. That's so much more sustainable too. I like that. That's uh, very cool. I'll tell you my favorite RP story. I don't think I've ever told you this story, Nick. I, uh, hmm. the, 
the when I had Glassman on the show, this would have been the first show we did. This is pre Nikki PN. We don't and talk about those times often. I know. Dark so times. I, I, I fly out to Santa Cruz and I'm having breakfast with Glassman and he's on one of his tirades, you know, and like four or five times over the course of the conversation, he's going on and on. And I quote about Rich Froning's shitty diet. Those are his words, his exact words. And I didn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, what is he talking about? So I go back and research and it's RP. <laughs> I'm like, I got to find out what RP is. And so I started doing research and I'm like, this is pretty, this is pretty good stuff. Like, what is his problem? And, you know, it's his aversion to carbs. Like you, you know, you guys aren't afraid to let people eat, you know, mm -hmm. it was just really interesting to me. Like that kind of that take of, you know, this uh, real linear view of diet and then looking at what you guys do, which I think is very flexible and, and more fitting for normal people, you know, uh, you know, like myself that, you know, you want to, you want to be able to eat and manage your life, you know, just, it was really interesting. So that was my first, my first experience to RP and, <laughs> and truthfully, it was like kind of the night, his negative take on it that created a positive experience for me looking at what you guys did. Cause it made me actually really research what you guys do on a daily mm -hmm. basis and start talking to some of your coaches and getting How into those people. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's super, that's super, uh, you know, interesting, uh, funny, because it seems like I would love your guys' take on this because this is obviously I'm probably a little bit biased, right? Like it's for live and breathe nutrition macros every day. But um, like when we first kind of got into like the weightlifting CrossFit scene, I mean, it was just paleo everything, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. fairly low carb, just paleo, 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 paleo. I gotta be honest, I don't really hear anyone talking about paleo anymore. Everything's just like macros, macros. Yeah. I fully agree. And I can relate because, because I've been crossfitting now for 11 years and coaching for, for 10, like I was on the, I rode the paleo train so hard. Um, and I have to be totally honest, like a lot of those values, I personally think are still super valid, but that's because when I say we followed paleo, I mean, like we read Dr. Cordain's book. Like we weren't just like, I mean, we were because it was the beginning of CrossFit, but we tried not to be like baking all the time. And I'm like baking with almond flour and making cookies 24-7. Like truly the values of paleo, I do think are quite valid in terms of like how we have evolved as a species. But that also means like not eating more than six eggs a week because of your cholesterol. And like, you know, so, so fundamentally, I think there's a lot there. I think that just the community ran with it because they thought they could eat as much bacon as they wanted. <laughs> and no one was really paying attention to the core fundamental values of what made that diet, that diet. In the early days of CrossFit, no one questioned. It was truly a cult. We did not question a thing. Like, but no I one even read it. No one even was like, Oh, I read it. I read the book you're talking about. Like yeah. I went paleo for a while and looking back on it, I mean, I think I've said it on the show before paleo is a low hanging fruit of, of nutrition. If you do it sure. right, like it's, you know, it's nuts and seeds and leafy greens and lean meats. Like none of that's bad for you necessarily. And if you give that to someone who has been eating processed foods for a long time, they're going to lose weight as long as they get in a calorie sure. deficit yeah. and yeah. they're going to feel better. Like it's, you know, your body responds better to whole foods than it does to crap. It's just, you know, it's just simple. And keto for the record is not that different when you think about it. I mean, it's fatty meats, but it's also, you know, what people miss about keto often is that it's a lot of vegetables. 
also good for you. All right. You can eat all the vegetables you want and you know, it's not a bad thing, you know? Um, so I think people do those things and they get results and like, Oh, it's magic. Paleo is magic. And that's why everyone was doing it. And at some point, I think we all woke up and we're going, man, like these workouts are going to kill us. if We don't start eating some carbs. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, as more nutritionists and, and doctors got into the sport and started helping us understand that, Hey, you know, paleo is fine if you want to do that, but if you really want to perform, you're right. Perform might need to put a few other things in your body here and there. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of my perspective of it. I mean, I think we all did it, but we did it unquestionably for a while. And, you know, as you know, CrossFit kind of evolved in the, as the internet grew, I mean, you're, you described it, your business did the same thing. Like when you came on the scene, you know, internet was probably AOL and eBooks and people were getting nooks and that's oh, how they were finding you. 10 years ago. It was not like 30 years ago. <laughs> Nikki, that was 10 years ago is not that long ago. I mean, yeah, right, I you know, you're right. saying like 30 years ago, we had iPhones. We didn't like, I remember the first seeing the first iPhone out in the field Same. and, and losing my mind about how cool it was and what, sitting around watching YouTube videos. Like I was looking at magic, you know, like, yeah. how is yeah, it possible? The first iPhone came out about a decade ago, right? Yeah. Something like about. that. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, John, I just want to comment real quick. I love that you listed the benefits of, you know, paleo and keto, because I think a lot of times people think they're like, oh, you know, RP, like they're probably just going to trash some of these other things. Like, no, 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 no. For the very reasons you said, almost every single diet approach, methodology, whatever you want to call it, has some merit to it. Mm -hmm. What are they mostly start with? It's mostly, hey, Let's stop eating the processed foods because that stuff is super tasty, super filled with you know lots of carbs, fats, anything that tastes delicious, more or less. So, okay, step one, let's reduce that. Paleo, lean meats, veggies. Gee whiz, those are great foundations to start with. Same with keto, you know, something like Whole30, same mm -hmm. approach. It's like, hey, let's start eating better. That is a great start for a lot of people, especially if they're brand new to it. So you have to kind of really simplify things for folks that have never really done nutrition before. So if you try throwing them into like counting macros and all that stuff, they're like, gee whiz, I don't even know what macros are. Like, is there something even easier? Something like that. That's kind of like very black and white rules. Tends to just simplify it for people. It's like, hey, that's a great step. That's just a perfect analogy, right? That's the foundations class. That's yeah, how you just totally. get them in the door. You get them going. Let them do that for three, six, 12 months. Now they're kind of just aware of the different choices they're making. Now they're ready for something a bit more advanced. Now they can start counting macros, tracking macros, maybe, start, you know, stuff like that. They can start focusing a little bit more on the timing, the amounts versus when they first start. It's very easy. Just, hey, you know what? Don't eat X. Yes. Very simple rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't want to overwhelm people because then they won't stick with it and then they'll just exactly. get turned off and then they'll, you know, run to the next simple fix. hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, you know, with a varied approach, you can find things you like, like my parents went keto for a while and mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'd had to help both of them had some health scares and I'm like, you should try keto. It's going to keep you full. It'll get a lot of the crap out of your diet and you feel better. And they both, they both lost a lot of weight like and got far healthier and they started exercising and doing some other things too. And, you know, and now, now that they've done that for a while to your point and they got the foundation, now they started introducing back in some carbs, but they're in the South like you. So it's, you know, it's hard. Like you got biscuits around all the time and grits. You're like, Oh, this is, you know, 
pretty tasty. Um, so I, you know, it's getting that foundation and, and starting to understand what you can and can't have, I think will keep you later down the road when you start introducing them back in, not filling a full plate of biscuits mm-hmm. and, and eating them all. Although I plan to do that in a week for the record when I'm done. allowed, fully allowed all the biscuits, all of them. I have my best workouts when I'm down there. I'm not kidding. Last time I was down, I had a great workout. It was like a really long chipper with somebody and partner wad. And I'd had two biscuits before I went in. I'm like, man, this is the best pre-workout I've had in a long time. I felt great. Go. Uh, just to piggyback off that a little bit. So I mentioned that I had like the, so this was Thanksgiving, right? So I already was eating, you know, all the food leftovers, of course, later in the day. And those, you know, like 10 pumpkin cookies or whatever. Uh, the day after. I, uh, so we were actually up in the mountains in North Carolina. We, uh, we drove into to Boone, North Carolina and I went to the gym. I went by myself, like my, my wife and my, uh, my parents took, took our kids to the movies or whatever. But you know, here I am at the gym. I had an amazing workout. I mean, you know, I didn't have a weight vest with me or anything, but I did like body weight Murph, but I actually added some stuff into it. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. So it's like, you know, there's trade-offs, right? Like, you know, Hey, go for it. You eat a lot. Geez, use it to do some crazy workouts or something, you know, like yeah, eat big, volume. lift big, do it. I'll go on record. record. It's only a one or two day lift, and then you start getting sluggish. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I do have Disclaimer. that moment. Yeah, I get that moment when I'm coming back from the south. I'm like, I think I have sweet tea hangover. You know, mm-hmm. you're just not moving as fast as you were before, but totally worth it. Totally, totally, totally. worth. How'd you end up in North Carolina? You're from Michigan, right? Uh, yeah, so um, born and raised in the uh, state of Michigan, went to school at uh, U of M, especially where I met uh, Dr. Mike uh, early on. We met in the weight room, ironically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, moved out to New York City to work as a personal trainer after that, and uh, my buddy uh, Mike was out there as well. Uh, I actually lived in New York City for like six years, so that's where I went and met my wife, like 2009, 10, something like that. And, um, yeah, we had two kids in New York city and we were like, you know what, New York city, two kids. That's, uh, that's interesting. Mm. So yeah, we moved down to Charlotte. My sister had lived here and uh, we've been down here for almost seven years. I love it. It's a really great place. Can, awesome. can they handle all that Michigan paraphernalia you have surrounding you right now, which by the way, as a Buckeye, it's a little rude. I'm just saying that I know you just got your first win in a decade <laughs> and I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you have it this time. So I'm actually, uh, we're, we're leaving tomorrow morning to drive up to visit uh, my wife's family in Southern Ohio, like around Jackson, Ohio, somewhere around there. And um, I've just taken so much crap for the last decade. <laughs> like, I'm only, I am only taking Michigan apparel with me. That is the only thing I'm going to be wearing. Well, so after just a decade of just getting my face rubbed in just the whole family every time uh, like, oh, I'm, all Michigan. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. well <laughs> you, you'll love this we had we had Carrie Pierce on the, mm-hmm. the week yes. the week Ohio State and Michigan were playing and my trolling did not age well I'm just no. gonna say that out loud no, it, it did not it, it aged very short really <laughs> short lifespan I felt I felt bad but hey I'm excited for you guys now you get to play Georgia so that'll be a fun experience I am actually, I will be there. I will be oh, there. You? So I am Hi. going to go. Oh, yeah. So I, um, actually, so in 2016, I had 
damn near purchased my tickets to go to the, the Peach Bowl, which would have been the playoff game, but we know how 2016 turned out. But I basically told my wife, I'm like, the first time Michigan ever makes it a playoff, because who knows how often that'll happen in my lifetime. I'm yeah. like, don't don't care where it is, I'm going. So uh, interestingly enough, uh, cool story, I'm taking my mom with me. So that's that awesome. Oh, fun. I love that. Well, I have uh, all my, half of my coworkers are in Michigan. And uh, so it's all I've heard the last couple of weeks. And I was talking to one of them the other day. And he, at this point, you know, they're all full of bravado, all of them. And they're giving me stats at Michigan's the winningest college football team in history, which that's true, by the way. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, he's like, well, after we steamroll Georgia, you know, we get to play Alabama. I'm like, buddy, have you seen Georgia play this year? Like, no offense to Michigan. Michigan is very good. And they could absolutely win that game. But Georgia is not going to get steamrolled. Like, I'm ex- that's the game I'm excited to watch. I think this is the best game of the season. Oh, totally. It'd be a great game. Uh, you know, I'm very realistic. Uh, listen, I was so nervous when Michigan, or I'm sorry, when Ohio State had the ball with, you know, like a minute 30 left. I'm like, they're down 15, but I was still like, like, I know how the last decade's gone. I'm like, who knows what's going to happen. There's like a 60 yard Hail Mary, get the, you know, onside kick. I'm like, so. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be good. Oh, I love college football, man. It's uh, it's, it's so exciting. And um, yeah, it's been a rough decade, but you know, hey. You got your win. Relish your win. It's a good one. And it was a, it was a solid win, too. It wasn't like, you know, you guys dominated that game for all respect. Totally dominated it. So totally deserved. I mean, you didn't, you know, have to wear the shirt on my show, but that's okay, I guess. <laughs> You know, I'm, try, I'm like kind of trying to stay low. Because like, like, I'm like, can, can he tell? I'm not really sure. In there. Uh, it's just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even intentional. I had literally take my daughter to uh, basketball before. It's just like, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, you're like, honey, like get my Michigan shirt. And I'm going to set the camera up in front of the picture of the big house that's behind you right now. I recognize the Michigan the, hat, like put, you yeah. know, put like a tattoo or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. That stadium. As soon as we went on there, I'm like, what the, I got to look at this now. What the heck? <laughs> No, it's it's good stuff. Good stuff. Makes it more makes it more fun though when Michigan's at least maybe good because right. yeah, before it's like there is that. Hey, before we wrap up, we need to shout out your books. You're also an author, and you have two of them behind you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, shout out your books so people know where to find them and what they are. Yeah, yeah. So the one behind me is a Renaissance Diet 2.0. So if you're like, hey, you know, I've kind of heard about RP, I want to learn a little bit more. This is like nutrition one. It's going to tell you pretty much everything you you need to know about nutrition, including, you know, like fads and gimmicks and things like that, uh, kind of some fallacies around uh, maybe some stuff that people have heard before. This may be not so true. So uh, that's written by a bunch of my super smart colleagues. Uh, I'm actually not included in that book because, you know, they're, they're way smarter than myself. So if you want to really learn nutrition, that's the spot to go. Um, the other book is, uh, is my book. It came out uh, a little over a year ago, actually. Yeah. So uh, I wrote it during COVID. Um, you know, I basically wasn't going anywhere for four to six months. Uh, my wife had some health issues and, you know, we were on pretty strict uh, quarantine lockdown. So yeah, I came out with a book. Um, you know, interestingly enough, just from, from chatting and interacting with folks like, you know, like Rich Froning, Annie Thorstein, they're both RP athletes. You just kind of like pick up on some things that they say or just, you know, what are sort of successful people do? And it's, it's funny how similar a lot of those things that they would say. And I was like, oh, that actually sounds pretty relevant to a lot of other stuff that would apply to, you know, overcoming adversity, being successful in business, personal finances, you name it, right? Like there's a lot of similar qualities that go into just being successful. And so, you know, one day I just kind of like sat down and made a little pyramid like we do with RP, kind of how we approach things like, hey, 
here's kind of the most important things and you work way up the pyramid, the things that maybe aren't so important go at the top. And um, kind of just like the seven habits that successful people do is is what my book's all about. Yeah. You sent that book to me and I I think you're spot on there. Like the interesting (sighs) thing, you know, I love that comparison of Annie and, and Rich, I've said forever, winners win. Doesn't matter yes. what you ask them to do, winners win. But I think people often think people like Rich and Annie just outwork everyone else. Now, you know, Rich arguably is like the hardest working man in fitness, but it isn't that he just outworks everyone. He works on the right things. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was kind of, to me, that was kind of the point of the book is like, you know, you want to be successful, you don't have to work hard, but work hard on the right things. Like, that's the, that's the point. So great book. People should pick, pick it up. And thank yeah, you for I, sending me a copy, by the way. Yeah. And uh, likewise, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think to me, the thing that we forget so often is mindset. The thing that we oh, yeah. think we need to do is just grind, you know, more hours in front of your computer, more time in the gym or whatever. And the, the mentality behind the why and the purpose and the commitment, I think is what we forget. And I, there were a lot of points in the book that reminded me that it's like the mental game has to be fit. You know, you want your body to be fit, but your, your brain has to be fit too. And that that's important. We forget that. Yeah. I find one more thing because it's very uh, relatable to January and people starting. So for some folks that are listening right now and they're getting started to maybe set their nutrition goals, you know, weight loss goals, whatever it is for January, be really careful about how you set your goals because there's, there's something to be said for you get kind of really excited and you're kind of amped up and you're like, Hey, you know what? Like it's time to go. I'm super motivated. Like I'm going to lose 50 pounds in three months that's a fantastic like mentality to have. Like you're just really excited. You're ready to you know change your life. But what happens, you just have to remember that like maybe when you get a week or two into it, man, it becomes really hard. So there's a difference between like when we're just sitting here in a very kind of like cold, uh, calm state, right? Like we're like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, maybe I want to, you know, go lose 50 pounds or, you know, hit a 400 pound spot or something. Well, but then there's a little bit of a difference when you actually have to like put in that work to get there. And then you're like, Oh, mm. I probably should have tapered those goals mm, a little bit. That's right. So it, It's very tempting to want to just set those crazy goals. It's perfectly fine to go with a little bit slower and steadier approach. Mm-hmm. You'll get there, but mm-hmm. it might just take a little bit longer. And if you approach it from a long game mindset, you're probably going to be better off. Oh, I've done it a few times where I set my goal in the RP app a little too aggressively. And it's like, you sure you want to do that? And my best friend is like, you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, sometimes it takes me failing it a couple of times in the app being like, you should just start over and reset your goal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. That was Yeah, there's there's a reason that like when you pick those goals in the app, it's like, this is going to be very hard. Are you ready yep. for that? And a lot of people just blow through that. They're like, yes, click, 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 click. Yes. There's a reason for that. So like, just, just take a second and like pause and just go, Hey, you know what? Can I really commit? Like I'm probably going to have to be pretty hardcore to reach these goals. Yep. And if that's you and you're like, Hey, this is awesome. Maybe that's for you, but you have to kind of realistically go like, you know, for example, if someone wanted to set like two pounds per week as a weight loss goal, and that's actually, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. Multiply that by 12, right? You're 24 pounds down. So if you're someone that's like under 200 pounds, I want to say that's almost unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe you start with like one pound a week, because guess what? You lose 12 pounds. That's a big difference, especially in CrossFit. I mean, that's more or less like taking a weight vest. Totally. Right? 
Totally. Big, That's a gymnastic movement right there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Well, last question before we wrap up, Nick. Final score of the Georgia-Michigan game. What's it going to be? Let's see how this ages. <laughs> okay. I want to know. Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go like uh, 27-21 Michigan. Obviously All right. Michigan. All right. We're going to see how it's going to age. I'm hold, we're holding it to you. What if he gets it right on the money, Nikki? Would that be insane? That would be like we we come to him for like lottery numbers next. Uh, and we'll start doing a weekly uh, podcast on gambling. Yeah, yeah be great. What's the point spread from Nick? It's going to be awesome. All right, dude. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being here. Super fun. I'm I'm not going to say go blue, so you're on your own in that regard. But, oh, uh, I won't say it either. I, I have enough respect that I won't ever do that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's awesome to be here. Great chatting. Of course. Anytime. Nikki, good seeing you as always. Likewise, likewise. Glad you uh, got the baby down. I didn't hear any crying through the whole show. I know, right? Nothing Nothing coming from the other. I don't even have the monitor up, you guys. Wow. Matt's wow. becoming a pro. No, I know. He always tells me when I come into this room, he's like, don't turn the monitor on. Take an hour. I got this. And I'm like, okay, okay. The hottest thing ever for you now that you got your hot ginger dad taking care of the baby. Totally. 100%. I'm like, wow, you look so good with that baby in your arms. Mm -mm." Love it. Love it. (laughs) All right, guys. Good seeing you. We appreciate it. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks for joining. And we will chat with you guys soon.